Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy Philosophers Podcast, and today I got with us Curtis Flagg. Hey, what's going on, man? Chilling, man, chilling. We're, we're sitting here, we're going to be yakking about uh, selection today. Curtis is, is the, the general manager at the Laugh Factory. You book people, you get like, I bet, like hundreds of thousands of emails from everybody all of the time. Yeah, some, something around that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of the things I always think about like is like girls on Tinder. Right? Like, they have so many options. And past a certain point, it has to be arbitrary. Like, you know, when people move from the USSR and they flew into the country, right? They, uh, they actually had a very difficult time being in grocery stores because, like, they couldn't tell the difference between products. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, they had to get, like, psych- psychologists to come, like, lead them through and be like, yo, there's no actual difference between the peanut butter. It's marketing. And I imagine that's what happens with, like, a lot of these super hot chicks who have, like, hundreds of thousands of matches. Like, how the fuck are you going to pick one dick from another? Like, that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, I can relate because I'm one of those swipers. <laughs> I'm one of the millions and millions of guys, you know, they get them like, man, why didn't they pick me? But you yeah. know what I think is funny? So I'm single, ladies. <laughs> um, so, you know, and I've been on Bumble, I've been on Tinder. I haven't tried most of the other ones. Those are the two that I use primarily. And I have what I perceive as like how you know the social you know dating apps work. But it wasn't until I actually looked at a females like Tinder and Bumble. And like went through the guys that they like swipe through or whatever. It's fucking nuts, yo. Like, it's either like a bum, ugly looking dude, or like a motherfucker like walking out of a jet with like the keys to it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so it's like it's interesting how we like peacock in a way, you know, to to women, vice like as opposed to the way they, like, advertise to us. Yeah. Because I think, by and large, guys are more, like, we'll take anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're just like, we're slime dude, we're like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Match tranny, cool. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's like, and then, you know, every now and again, like, we start to, like, nitpick or whatever. Yeah. But I think for women, or just, like, what I see on, like, their end is, like, nah, nah, nah. So, like, every guy that you actually swipe right you're gonna get a match. You know yeah. what I'm mean? saying? Like, because they've already blindly, for the most part, probably swiped through everybody anyway. Yeah. I mean, I do this shit. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. I'm like late night bar or whatever. I'm like, I'm casting a wide net. And then you, you filter I mean? from there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You cast a wide net yeah. and you filter. But unfortunately for them, like, they, like, we're already at the doorstep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. we actually, like, we cast a wide net just hoping that something actually sticks. And, like, for them, like, they're, they're all sticks. They assume so like, stick. Yeah, so they can vet, you know? Yep. Like, they're, they're, they're better vetters, you know what I mean? Like, Executive order. Except shit. for when they choose me, I'm like, you clearly did not vet this. Like, <laughs> you didn't pick the, the jet guy with the keys to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you picked me. So, yeah, it, it, is, it is actually interesting. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily compare, like, the amount of emails and, like, some of the questions and, like, the, the inquiries, you know what I'm saying, that I get necessarily to, like, the dating apps as much as I would like a party that like you know is popping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like a party that you know is popping. You could look in the window. Yeah. And you see them and like, damn dude, I'm like, I'm trying to get that. Like I'm yeah. trying to be I'm trying to be on that, you know? And then like I'm like the bouncer. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like looking at your shoes, and, like <laughs> yeah. looking at you like, you know, like you gotta dress a certain way to be in this club. You yeah. know, that's kinda like the way I feel sometimes. I'm like, man, like I and I hate those bouncers. Like, yeah. I hate those motherfuckers. So like I get super self conscious sometimes just like Hoping that people don't think I'm like this, like pretentious, you know, like 
comedy fucking snob, you know, that are like, yeah. you're not funny. You're not. Yeah. It's more of like, who is going to fit well in the club? Yeah. Like, both literally and figuratively, I guess. Um, and it's it's all based off of funny. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, it's funny. It's, you know, sometimes a demographic. Like, you know, we have, like, the Kates. We have shows, you know, yeah. so like, we're looking for funny women. So yeah. it's, like, a, 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 the funniest female we can find. And, you know, there are a lot of comics in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. There are at least... At least 200. Yeah. That are good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't talking about just like, you say you identify yourself as a comic. Yeah, like not like, the 3,000 people in the new comedy of Chicago Yeah, you page. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so you're looking at a very, like, deep roster of comics, and everyone's at various working levels. And, you know, I try to go out and see shows as much as possible. You know, I'm just like, I try to stay out in the field, keep my ear to the street, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And, you know, there are still some that slip through the cracks. So those are the ones, you know, oftentimes that, like, will we'll reach out. And then you have comics that, like, used to get booked a lot, that don't get booked as much. You yeah. know, and so they're like, hey, what's up? Like, is it something I did? Or, you yeah. know, whatever the case may be. So, like, the the amount of, like different angles that it's approached. That's why I say it reminds me of like a bouncer. It's like, oh, my friends are already in there, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me get in or whatever. Like, oh, I've been here before. Like, come on, man. Like, let me. So, yeah, I would say that I would, I would definitely compare more to that. And that just kind of came off the top of the dome when I was thinking about comparing it to the to the dating apps. But and also like the thing is though, in order for a club to work, those bouncers serve a purpose. Like, dude, I've seen clubs get ruined by the guy to girl ratio going way too like 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 yeah. being thrown off, or you get like lame people in there. Like, yep. part of the things like what why things are valuable, we perceive them as valuable, is because there is stricter quality control. You know, and like it makes people want to be more part of it. Yeah. Like like um th- that expression like I w- don't want to be a part of a party that any party that I, or club that I've been um a part of. I messed that quote up completely. <laughs> but, I do a quote. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm back on the Tinder thing. It's like, weird for me is like, my Tinder blows up in different places, right? So like in Chicago, <laughs> nothing. Moscow, crushing it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Shit. and, and, and like, <laughs> it's it, it just, it's just weird how, how like different things. And like, so I think like, I think girls kind of look at like Tinder in a sense, like, uh, like brands of clothes. Cause I have also some, uh, like friends who I'm like, yo, like in real life, I outgame you all the time. Like we go to say parties, <laughs> all this stuff, but on the app, I think people are more like when you go online shopping, you're not looking for like that Indian black shirt. You're looking for like a polo shirt, <laughs> standard, basic, you know, ones that your friends wear out, you know, not, you're not trying to experiment on, on some online orders. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd also say like, you know, they're looking for athletic gear. Yeah. Know? Yeah, like, I've just seen the pictures with your shirt off. Yeah, and, uh, like, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that gets way less love uh, than uh, a simple Facebook. My friend actually uh, got his friend's dog, lied about having a dog on his profile. Like, so like, like has has a dog on there, and it's like, and then he's like, yeah, that's my me, and my dog Rex. And then like, girls will be asking about his dog. And he's like, yeah, you know, yet I had to give him up. You know, he passed away. Blah blah. Uh, all this shit. I'm like, dude, you're savage. Yeah. Savage. What a savage. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny how all of that plays into because I think it's a narrative, right? And even like people trying to get like booked uh, on shows or anything, they come to you with their narrative, right? Like, oh, you know, I'm I'm doing, I've done this in the past, or I'm this funny, or what, what you know, like you already said, like, uh, or uh, is it something I did? Because we all have this thing on why is it that I am not getting access to the thing I want? Yeah. And usually you don't really know. <laughs> yeah, you, and it's just like you know, it's one of those things. Sometimes you know a comic will perform in like a, a certain environment we'll say like a bar showcase yeah you know and like they, they, they 
crush it coals, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like crush it coals, and then you know, you you get on a different stage. It could be anywhere, but you know, we'll just like use Laugh Factory, you know, as the example, and. It's a big stage. It's a big room. It's a high ceilings. You know, there's there's environmental things that you know happen, and then those same jokes don't translate as well over. So you know, you gotta kind of like work your way in and get comfortable on the stage, and get comfortable in that environment, and get comfortable doing whatever amount of time you're doing. You know, in front of the crowd. So like, it's a, it's a, it's usually a work in progress. So like. You know, oftentimes, yeah, you're not going to get the Saturday night show. You know, you're going to get the nasty show. You're going to get the things. But, like, my goal or, like, what, what I try to do is, like, groom in a way, like, kind of through the ranks. You know, so, like, you hit our mic for a while. You know, you may do a Tuesday showcase. So, you know, sign up for the lottery and then I get to see you. And then, like, you know, you kind of get those sporadic yeah. bookings every now and again, which you think are just, like, kind of pulled out of a hat. But I try to keep, you know... A, a documentation on you know the growth yeah. so like for the open mic I have notes from like every mic on all almost every comic that's performed over the past I would say like three years because that was when I first started taking notes on the mic <clears throat> and that's how the Tuesday show happened mm-hmm. that's how like the avails were, 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 were compiled for that show it was because I went through all of the mics like literally like it, this shit took me like like two or three months, like going wow. through. I mean, it was just like you know, like whenever at the time I kind of go through and check names off, and then find the email addresses for it, and then put it on this like avails list. And then the that two the the top ten Tuesday show, which Zanies does a fucking Tuesday ten, and I swear to God I wasn't trying to take that. I just wanted to do a ten for ten kind of deal. Yeah. I wanted to do ten comics, but then like I thought that was kind of basic. And then another another friend of mine was like, oh well, Zanies does the the the. the Tuesday 10 whatever show and I was like fuck and I was like alright well gotta think of something you know to do to make it like different and so our open mic has always been the kind of portal into the club in mm-hmm. a way you know you do our mic for however long I see you I put you in front of Jamie you do a showcase you do five three minutes he passes you to six minutes or eight minutes you do that you do ten minute and then ultimately like you're passing the club that's always yeah. been the process so you know Jamie isn't here as often anymore. Jamie Masada, the owner of Laugh Factory and, you know, Comedy Godfather. <laughs> um, um, so he's not here as often. So, you know, I there, there, there still needed to be a way in that wasn't just the open mic. It's still the way in. You yeah. Know? Um, so that's where the Tuesday Showcase came from. And so now, you know, these comics that are, like, working everywhere, I get to see them not at the mic, you know? Because yeah. an open mic is, a, is an open mic. You yeah. know what I mean? Like... Every very few places get crowds, you know, in for a mic and make it like a real showcase. Yeah. For the most part, is she working out material? So like, it doesn't really make much sense to try to evaluate talent when they're just like working on new shit. You know, like yeah. I want to see that polished shit. I want to see the real deal, um, and I want to see it in an environment that is 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 similar to like I said that Saturday night show. Yeah. Um so you you put them in front of a real crowd, a paying crowd, like yeah. an attentive crowd, you know, that's you know, that's watching and then you have, you know, some people who walk in off the street. Sarah Sherman was the first was one of the first lottery spots that really? I had never fucking seen her before. Dude, she's insane. So it man. was like, like that, I like have... looking back I was like, I'd be so glad that this fucking happen you know yeah like that it's like worked and i mean literally every week that we you know that we've been doing it now for the past like four months or so like the lottery spots the people who are like walking in like you know the comics 
just that haven't really been able to like perform have all delivered. Yeah. And so like now I'm like I have a whole separate note sheet where I'm like, okay, these are the comics that are like I want to work in on guest spots. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Friday night shows, you know, Thursday, like some of our other showcases. So like the Tuesday show is is just like the mic where it is now an additional portal like into more regular bookings or you know or even bookings period you yeah. know what I'm saying so like yeah that's like one of those things where you know with the selection you know what I mean like go back to that is and since there are so many comics and like I think sometimes people don't realize exactly like how many like if yeah. you just started like writing a list of the comics you think are funny in Chicago that's a long-ass fucking list. It's a you know what I mean? List. It's a long list. And it's male, and it's female, and it's so, like, there really is never an excuse why there should only be one female on the show. You're talking about the guy-to-girl ratio. Yeah. And it's, like, it is that kind of sense, like, that club sense where it's, like, you know, I don't want to set it up, ladies get in free. Just yeah. Just to, like, just to, you know, like, push in, like, more women to my club. Yeah. No, like, it's the same. It's 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 even for everybody. Like, yeah. everybody is equal. Like, I, there are females that crush harder than men. You yeah. Some men that crush harder than females. Like, I don't, I don't really like to break it down to, like, the gender. But for the business and for, like, the, 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 the reality of the game is... You don't want to book a show that's all men because that's not what your audience looks like. Yeah. And you don't want to book an all white show because that's not what your audience looks like. You know what I mean? And, and also, it's, it's just kind of like the thing is like, it's, it's kind of like a, a lot of those point of views blend together. You know what I'm saying? And like, so if you, if you get too much of like any one type of person on the stage, like it just like this, it becomes like this one type of like, yeah. like stream of consciousness at the audience. And I think a lot of comedy is about relatability, right? You know, and, and things that like that and how they're going to relate to each other but it what what's really interesting to me is is like and like this is kind of like you talked about like watching growth and things and like this is kind of is how who people choose to become mm-hmm. like you know like over the period of time i'm sure you've seen other people evolve or like different kinds of jokes but oh, just in life like you know you start off as a as a scientist yeah you know and then you you moved into this and yeah. like like that kind of experience you yeah know? absolutely i actually didn't even tell you i did i did stand up for like two years oh <laughs> so, like, so when i first yeah. started at laugh factory so this is kind of funny so like yeah i i still write jokes to this day i was always a writer like yeah. i was telling you i wrote for the tribute for a little bit and so I honestly value that time that I spent just like just sucking it up at Mike's, you know, like just real, really, really putting a turd on the stage and, you know, just and constantly doing it and constantly yeah. going up and constantly like writing new. Like, so like it, it, I, I totally get out if it wasn't I think if it wasn't for the fact that I started like booking and got into the the behind the scenes like side of comedy more. I probably would still be trying to do mics, but then it got to a point where, like, I was, like, booking and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. And I don't know if that was the right decision or wrong decision. You know, I feel it's the right decision because I'm very happy and comfortable with what I'm doing. But for a long time, I was definitely trying to be a comic. And, you know, that's where I think a lot of the appreciation comes from, too, is to kind of be even briefly in the trenches, you know, with, yeah. with, you know, these people who are like sacrificing so much and really being vulnerable, like on a nightly basis, um, and kind of giving that emotion up when we all are dealing with shit internally and mentally, yeah. you know, like you put somebody up who's very vulnerable mentally and yeah. then you put them in an environment that could like ultimately crush them. Like yeah. no one, like imagine being in your high school at the gym, you know, in the gymnasium where everybody's like meeting in the morning or whatever, you know, you got like a fucking seminar or something, you're all out there, but it's you 
like half court just like talking bullshit yeah. you know what I mean to these people you know like some you know some you may not know and like having the the possibility of being like eaten alive you know whether it be booed off stage or like complete silence or yeah. somebody heckling like you suck you know what yeah. I mean everybody laughing at that you know what I mean yeah. like you know they're telling jokes trying to make people laugh it's dead silent one motherfucker's like you suck man. Yeah. <laughs> get off stage yeah, and then everybody's laughing yeah. at that shit you're yeah. like what the fuck you oh man it's middle school again <laughs> like you blow your brains yeah. out you know? and you have so many people who are like already on the edge of that you know and you, they're consistently doing that that takes a lot man it, it, it does like last year I did 367 consecutive days of performing and like I um, that's part of the reason why I'm doing this TED Talk. Um, I got it, and it was about um, how having a high capacity for shame is the secret to success. And basically, it's that, like, like stand-up is a shame-riddled thing. Like, dude, like, I, I did, like, over, like, 500-some-odd sets last year. And, like, you know, when you're going up that much and every day, a lot of that shit's going to be bad, especially when you're first starting out. And, and like, it's, like, painful. And I, I even think, like, like and, and you see people and you're constantly, like, you, you can't prove to yourself that you're funny. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you it, it's something you have to accept about yourself, but you'll never get enough laughs. Like, I've had times where I've, like, crushed, right? Like, I'll crush at a show, and I'll be like, oh, you know, I'll go to a mic. I go to a mic after, bomb at the mic, and now I'm second-guessing if I'm funny. Like, you know, and it, it's, it, but it's it's, it's like that it, you're right in the fact that it is vulnerable it's like it's it's literally like asking a girl out except it's asking out a room full of people and everybody knows how they feel because you you went home you thought that this would be a good idea you came up here you said it was a good idea and your brain's telling you to shut off like I, I tell people like this I think in tribal society right like if you're talking really loudly and people actively aren't liking what you're saying they kill you. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> that, that's why, like, bombing feels so, like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I think that's why people are, like, like, um, and my dad was telling me, he was, like, something, like, the reason why people don't laugh, laugh or uh, something whenever you're on stage when you're bombing is because they empathize with you. They don't sympathize. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're all, like, when you're bombing, they feel like they're bombing. That's the worst part about bombing yeah. is, like, it's not that they hate you. It's that they feel fucking sorry for you. Yes. You know what I mean? like, which is almost worse than like having someone hate you is having someone pity you. You know what I'm saying? It's like this poor soul is up here and he is just not good. You know no. what I mean? And it's like, what the fuck? Like, hold on a second. Like, I've worked on this. Like, I've worked my ass off to protect, to perfect this and went up night in and night out and took things out and put things in and looked at it from an alternate perspective. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and listened to it on recording like a fucking psychopath. You know what I mean? I'm listening <laughs> to myself talk. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, nightly, like, I go to sleep, you know, listening to a set. Exactly. How can this not work? And so, like, it's literally the most humbling comedy is like one of the most humbling professions because like you said you can go up and flip a room you know what yep. I mean you got a motherfucker just died you know because they just they laughed so hard had a heart attack they had to take him out <laughs> you know what I'm saying you killed him yeah you Facebook was like hey he's killed tonight yeah. literally exactly. he's dead rest in peace Greg Fitzsimmons call, you know? uh, call him my lawyer right now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. where's Paul Farvar <laughs> so you know and then literally you will leave that place and go, man, all right, cool, I'm going to go like work on a couple more jokes. Yeah. Like, I'm going to see if I could tag this up a little better. And then you go to, you know, Irish Eyes. Or, you oh, know, man. you go to, like, oh. <laughs> you, know, like you go to Shuba's and, and literally, like, someone tries to stab you on stage because it's so terrible. You oh, know? Dude. <laughs> and it's the like kill where, reverses. It's where, it's where comedy goes to die. Like, you know, and, and, and like, but, like, I think you... you so he, here's the thing is like I think you need like both types of because like you need to know like whenever a joke doesn't hit to not fall apart. 
Because, like, like, you know, like, sometimes, like, the, the laughs don't come. I think one of the things whenever you're a newer comic is if you don't get a laugh where you're expecting to get a laugh, you freak out. Because you're like, oh, shit, that always happens. Mm-hmm. And, and then you start you acting in reaction to yeah. that, and your rhythm becomes off mm-hmm. and everything. But, and I think that's why it's good to do bad rooms. It's because it's, like, it helps yeah. you keep that rhythm when no one's giving you anything. Absolutely. And, and like, really, like, at any moment you can flip a room if, you're, if you are just staying cognizant and in your own. And it's kind of like talking to girl. I do, like, a lot of game and stuff. I'll be acting. Girl, sometimes girls will be like, like giving you nothing. But like, if you can just blab like long enough, you yeah, you can yeah. you can you can like pierce that veil, and then like all of a sudden they're laughing at your jokes, and then all of a sudden you're connecting. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it is it is um, it is it is really a, a powerful thing though. I think to be able to go into a room like one one of the things is like uh, so I'm in law school and I like I have a lot of classmates who are like really smart and they work really hard. And I'm like yo, they they want to be comics. They could like you know they like they're sitting down working hours on some shit that's not even fun like imagine mm-hmm. it. but then I realized not everyone can handle that shame mm-hmm. and that that is the commodity artists they're like painters who kill themselves because some of their friends didn't like their new like gallery yeah. and shit like that's where we start our, 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 you know like we start with everyone not liking yeah. us you know and, and 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 being very aware of it yeah. you know I, we're like um I remember I saw this music performer uh, perform and uh, she was opening for a comic and um she was bombing. Like like if I I could I knew she was bombing, yeah. but she didn't know she was bombing. That's nice yeah, and, she, and that that's the thing. Musician musician can go their whole career and not know they suck. Like you know like so yeah so you know I I, I compare comedy to music often, and it's not because it's like direct related, but there are a lot of parallels. Like so with with because for one it, it's an artistry, so you're taking something very you know you're you're building a lot from scratch. Um, oftentimes, some people cover shit, but you know, it's it's an it's an entertainment thing that that you can be solo with, you know, or you can kind of you know build from there. But what I always think is interesting is how a lot of the things are flipped. So like, with with a band, you kind of want to hear the hits, you know, yeah. like if you go see Aerosmith or if you go see ACDC, Pink Floyd, you know, all these you know greats, like you want to hear the hits, you want to hear you know Stairway to Heaven, you want to hear you know what I mean. Uh, and so when you like, if you went to like an Aerosmith concert or an ACDC concert and they play all new shit, yeah. you'd be pissed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, you know, like only thunderstruck. You know, something. And with comedy, it's different because like, if you hear because of that misdirection, like when you hear a joke, that's why people don't like being recorded and shit. No. You know, like when you make it to a certain level, is because like you don't want to like spoil that. So people always want to hear new things. Exactly. Like, or you know, and and for comics, they want to play the hits because they want to make the hits better yep. you know and and a lot of times a hit isn't a hit until it's on Comedy Central yeah. Yeah, it almost has to be documented so when you are kind of watching a comic build material they'll do rooms and you know they'll may, there may be like a group of people who've, who've seen them before and a lot of times I, I see this at Laugh Factory like yeah they like said a lot of the same shit you know and, uh, and you got and you kind of realize that it's that it, that it's different in that sense that like you give musicians the benefit of the doubt because they can play an instrument and like you can't mm-hmm. you know that's why a lot of times like you'll see like kind of like shitty bands that won't get booed you know what I mean yeah. like because people are impressed first by the talent mm-hmm. that they could even play the instrument exactly. and make a sound that's somewhat like, appealing yeah. you know with comedy I think that a lot of times the audience feel like they can do it 
because they're funny in their work environment. Yeah. They're, fun, they're funny in their, they're, they think they are funny in there. So I, I think a lot of times, like, there's this, like, perception of, like, prove, you know, like, make me laugh yeah. as opposed to them, like, kind of opening themselves up to laugh. Exactly. I 100% feel that. And it, it's because it's the one thing, like, no one's picking up the, like, I've seen dudes on their first time crush, and, like, no one's doing that with a saxophone. Like, you know, like, uh, the thing is, is that, um, and people don't understand the work behind it. Like, yeah. like people, people don't really, like, people are like, oh, my God, you know, I can never do comedy, that's so hard. But it's like, you know, you don't, you don't really get it. You don't know, like, I, I go up two, three times a night yeah. just to change a couple syllables yeah. out on the other thing. And, 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 and that, that gap behind like them not understanding it and thinking it's supposed to be effortless and then whenever it's done well it looks effortless yeah. it, 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 whenever like good comedy you're just like oh that dude is just like oh yeah he's just yeah. being himself like, but, fine. Yeah. yeah and like that like i didn't write jokes for like three four months my first because i thought like oh i love bill burr like ah so i'm just gonna yeah. get up there write a couple topics yeah. and, and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you don't you don't understand the nuance and that there's a science to the artistry mm-hmm. and but but here here's the thing is like one thing i do think that standard comedians have almost i think over any artist and i might i'm biased number one but i still think it's true is that people care what we think more like people, I, no one gives a fuck what Brad Pitt thinks about the election. Yeah. No, but you know what? The whole world stops. He's gonna tell you though. Like, oh my god, actors. Like, yeah. don't, you don't give a shit. But they're gonna tell you. Yeah, they're yeah. Gonna, George Clooney use their whole acceptance speech to fucking tell you about what they in an unnuanced. Yeah, but Dave Chappelle, I've been out of the game for what, like five, seven years or whatever. Comes back uh, for the monologue. Everybody's talking about it because, which is ironic, because Dave Chappelle has the funniest bit about how. Like about how people don't give a shit about like what like rappers think about shit. Yeah, you know yeah, it's I mean? Ja Rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? it's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. Let me hear what Ja Rule's got to say about. <laughs> like, you know, they don't give a shit. No. But you know, people do listen to to to, to comedians because a by trade they are trained to take an everyday thought. And come at it from an angle that's unique, and and a lot of times that's what catches the audience is because you're talking about a subject that we all talk about. You know what I mean? We talk about current events, we talk about topics, we talk about relationships, we talk about race, we talk about these things. But their perspective of it is so unique and so refreshing that it's like, aha, yeah, never thought about it like that, or never thought about it this way. So. Now, it has become a credibility to where when you go, you're expecting to hear something that you haven't heard, you know, of something that you've already talked about. So they they already have gained kind of like that credibility, which is which is great because I would much rather hear a comic talk about, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, maybe not too much, like, because we were, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and it was like I was watching this comic, and he was kind of just butchering or just beating the death. The, the political thing, you know, and just talking about politics, talking about politics, which is fine. You can be a political comedian, it's great. But you have to add something when you're talking about these things. We were just talking about, we were talking about yeah. the N-word. You have to add something that makes it comedy. Yep. Because at the end of the day, you're just talking about shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a comic is talking. They're yep. not singing, they're not doing anything necessarily that rhythmic, but 
they're talking and there is a structure to the way you say things that you want the audience to elicit a specific reaction at a specific point in time. Yeah. So when you're kind of going on and you're just like rambling about Trump and you add nothing, you add no additional elements to it, yeah. you don't add that aha moment, you don't add that misdirection. Like no. You could be anti-Trump and keep going and going and going and going and going and if you don't add anything that makes people interested but now you've just talked for like five to 30 minutes about trump and i could have did that shit on facebook exactly and and um it's it's a misuse of the art form right i i think you know if you want if you want to like so like i i did a show with felonious uh last summer and like i was like at that time i was talking about bullshit you know blah blah and i saw felonious i was like wow he's able to balance like like talking about real stuff and this and that yeah, yeah. real that, stuff and yeah yeah at the same time <laughs> and, 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 but and it's it's always funny it's engaging and sometimes he'll be serious and not and need a laugh but he he has that ability but like uh and then that inspired me and then when i was like first going off on this philosophical track it went like way down because like you're like writing deep for shit is different than writing like nonsense stuff but then when you learn how to balance it and not preach because preaching is another thing like like whenever you just feel like a comic's like preaching to you and you're like ah what, what, why are you trying to force this on me man <laughs> like, I, like I'm sitting here trying to laugh um, but yeah it, it, is, it is interesting how that all comes together yeah it is you know and there are a lot of comics that have like transcended social boundaries because of what they've said you know I mean, Lenny Bruce and George Carlin and Richard Pryor, you know, and the gun the list goes on and on. Uh, even Bill Burr and today's, like, anything he says, anything Amy Schumer says, like, they take what they say yeah. and they write blog posts and, you know, articles and all, you know, and all this shit comes out of it because there is a certain credibility that you, that you earn by doing this comedy, you know, and people value your opinion to a certain degree, um, because of you know your take on things, yeah, and it's it's super interesting. Well, and, and it's that you, you you build that value over time. Like my one of my uh, like my two favorite comics right now are Gerard Carmichael and Drew Michaels, and like they because like they they come in and like you're you're just like wow, you leave you're like man, I, 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 I like like I, I remember like Gerard has that talent versus morals bit and like I was just like oh snap dude and and I had never looked at it in that capacity and even like the name of my podcast The Lazy Philosopher is like what I think like that's why I aspire my comedy to be like I have this premise and like I'm gonna pontificate on stuff and it's gonna be like funny but it's not I'm not gonna go all the way because like yeah. like 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 I feel like you know there, there is like you're being right but you also have to be funny you have to build up in the direction like, you, it's not sometimes it, like if you're just trying to be all the way right people be like yeah that's a really good point <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like okay yeah. Touché, yeah. Touché. <laughs> yeah drew michael that's interesting you say like drew michael is man he's one of my favorite comics and, it, and it's great because like i know him mm-hmm. and you know i've gotten to get to know him and, and and just like you know even in small moderations and conversations or whatever because you know he performed very often at laugh factory and you know i got to watch him grow material into just like bona fide fucking classics you know yeah. what I mean like he, he had a bit about fucking his mom yo yeah that, like he had to like work through you know yeah I mean? like, exactly like, so just imagine when he's kind of like you know and it wasn't hidden you know and it was just so it was interesting and then you know he he's such a fucking hard worker that dude writes like goddamn no one that I was in just like it's just everything's changing everything's like evolving and these like ludicrous premises and he made it work and 
it's actually funny. One day he would ne- he had never done it in front of his mom. He wouldn't do it mm-hmm. like in front of his mom, and so his mom snuck into a show and just kind of came when she knew he was like going up and didn't want him to know she was there. She heard the bit. She laughed. We were like, stay. We're, I'm sitting right next to her, like watching him on the TV, and she's like, huh, yeah, that's funny. And then she left. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I don't even know. I don't think we told him that night that she was there, but he uh, but he found out like she told him or whatever, <laughs> and she was like. You know, like you thought you had a chance with me, you know, <laughs> like, you know something like that. And then he used that, you know, yeah. and he kind of like punched it up with it. But it's a, it's so interesting to watch, you know, these these comics who have such a because those comics are the ones who take something that we know what he talks about. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like that taboo shit. Exactly. And, and, and make it into something that like you're even comfortable hearing real time, you know, and not like tightening your asshole up. Or if you do, they help you kind of loosen it. You know exactly. What I mean? So, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, Drew Michael is a guy that, you know, he's a Chicago dude and it's, and I, you know, I'm so proud of all the shit that he's doing because he totally deserves it. He's, he's, he's hilarious he, and he's getting to like where he's like, he's like dangerous funny. You no, know what I mean? Like, it, it, and it, I use that in a very like complimentary way um, because Drew Michael could easily start a cult. Drew Michael yeah. could get a motherfucker, could change someone's mind, like, in a minute. Because yep. he's smart, you know, smart exactly. dude. He's, he's a narcissist, by self-admitted, you know, so, like, he has the he has the power and the know-with-all. And kind of the self-like awareness to, you know, be able to be in control of his own, you know, like, you know, destiny, I guess. So yeah. I'm just glad he's not, he's, he hasn't started a cult. Dude, yeah. I mean, cults are where it's at, though, man. Dude, like, cults, are, yeah. hey, dude, if, cults are the new black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like, uh, and what I really like about his stuff is, like, not just that he's an amazing writer, but he's compelling, too. Like, there's, like, this yeah. story narrative and this, this need to tell, and it, 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 it really blends well together. I, dude, like, uh... Being a cult leader has got to be pretty dope, though. Like, um, like, like, uh, you, to to know that like you possess the ability, like, like that. That's what really has gotten me. Like they say, like you know how Hitler rose to power is he was able to tell a people a story of how they were better than who they were if they just chose him. Mm-hmm. And like it's like that, like creation of like like that. And it, it's really. Or have you seen uh, the Tony Robbins documentary on? I that? was just gonna bring him up, dude. Yeah. He, like, dude, like with his sister. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, bro, Break up with him, like you know. It's just like that, that, that immenseness, you know. And like, and what's also scary is just seeing people fold into that. Yeah. Like one of the th- like thoughts I've explored is like, yo, like, is, you know, like, and this, this is gonna sound kind of weird, but like. So, like, all Hitler had to do was, like, tell people to do those things, right? So, is Hitler even responsible? Because I've told a lot of people to do things. Yeah. And, like, oh, go kill yourself. Am I responsible? They do it. They and they make Germany great again. Yeah, mm-hmm. make Germany. Dude, and, and you see him. He's, like, into that speed. He's nowhere else. He's, like, in that moment. And he started out like a comic. Yeah. But I feel like if there's an open mic circuit, he would have been comic, dude. Yeah, like, you know, that's, why, that's why comics talk about him so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> same fucking thing. I ain't stupid. But, you know, it, it, it is funny, you know, that it, it, it takes... You could... That one person can infect that many people yep. to do what they want. Like, exactly. Even if it's absurd as the the command is you know what i'm saying like and you've trained the mind to think the same way you do which is the same way a comic is you know you go on stage like you want to manipulate the crowd to do and Mm -hmm. act and react and elicit you know certain emotions according to the way you design you know 
and that's a set. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have the setup, you have the punch, you have the think, you have the closer. You know, so you're literally crafting together a speech, you know, a speech <laughs> that's, that you can pinpoint what you want the people to do. And so let's just tweak it and say, okay, at the end of my set, I don't want them to kill fucking Jews. You know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, it's crazy. I want them to feel this certain way. I want them to, to walk out of here and, and, and do this or do, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny where the parallels come from. You know, not saying that all the comics and Hitler not, are like one of the Yeah, yeah. And also, I, I, if Hitler was, if Hitler would have done comedy, that's all we're saying. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know, I think Hitler was a bad dude. Yeah. yeah like, like, also, like, that. Like, um, <laughs> I, 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 I I do in no way support his behavior. <laughs> the opinions expressed on this podcast are not of uh, <laughs> yeah. open books or any of its affiliates. But um, one of the things that um, like is also interesting is like so whenever you do an open mic and there's like four or five people there, as opposed to when you're doing a show like let's say packed out laugh factory or like there's hundreds of people there. The um, when you just stand up at an open mic, your power in that room is very fragile. Mm-hmm. It's like, so like you, in a sense, it's harder to perform in front of five people than it is a few hundred, which is, yeah. which a lot of people don't think about. Cause a few hundred people, like you're going to get some people to laugh mm-hmm. and then you're, you're evolated. So people assume that your, your, your power, it's club. There's a brand associated with you. When you're at an open mic, Everybody, number one, either knows who you are, and if they don't know who you are, they're going to assume they shouldn't know who you are. Exactly. You know? And then you get up there, and it's a very fragile power structure. There's usually not a stage. Mm -hmm. And so you have to basically earn every bit of respect in that bit or attention. You know? And um, it it is... it, it, it is difficult sometimes to even sell it to yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, why am I even up here talking? <laughs> like, you know, like, like what, because what, my name came up on a list, you know? I, but, like, one of the things I really love is, like, the privilege of allow, having stand-up exist. You know, like, 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 the privilege of being able to get up there and just say, honestly, anything. Like, you know, like, we're going off about this Trump stuff. We go off about this or that. No one was afraid, like, like, like Trump was going to kick through the door and nail you to some shit just because you made a joke about him. And, um, like, Joe Rogan talks about this in his latest, uh, uh, special where he's like, yo, they, like, they, like, killed dudes for, like, drawing pictures of Muhammad. Like, they just killed him. Like, you know, and that's extreme. They kill people over a joke, Mm -hmm. you know? But then, here's the thing, is like, whenever people, like, oh, yeah, some things can't be joked about. You know, and everything can be joked. Exactly. About. Well, one of the things that's helped me with my own like death and mortality is I, I had the realization like somebody when I die is gonna laugh about it, and like not not not, not like you know like somebody yeah. who's really and it's not even like a bad or malicious thing. Just someone is, and you got to realize like any suffering that you have. If you get some distance from it, someone can laugh at it. Even your own suffering. Like, you look back at the past, and like, like when I, I used to be obsessed with this girl in high school, and, like, she ended up, like, hooking up with one of my friends, and I was, like, distraught, and all this other stuff. Like, dude, I'm, like, that's hilarious to me now. Because, but, like, in that moment, it was real. Yeah. You know? And I, I, I think stand-up makes that okay. And I think, like, a lot of people, like, it's funny, the people who need to laugh the most are the ones who get mad. You know? It's yeah. like, if you could, if you just let, let go, you know? Yeah. I think it's I think it's interesting too with you know comedians because they do have a social coupon as I as I call it um, you know comics have this social coupon 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 in a way that they are allowed to say anything. Yep. Now you got to be careful because some people can take it Kramer. too far. I was just exactly <laughs> saying he's kind of like really the only example of like someone who took advantage of that or you know even in like their most vulnerable state like fucked it up in a way but like that's like the most glaring example and i mean they're all like i say said way who have who have went off on a heckler 
I say way worse. Yeah. You know, they weren't Michael Richards, and they weren't at the lab back, and it wasn't recorded. So, you know, you have, you have this power. You have this weapon that you can say whatever you want to say. We're going to allow you that, you know, and, 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 and we're going to grant you this opportunity to do it. So, like, you almost have to make sure, you have to respect it, you know. And you have, that, that's why, like, one thing that, like, for all the comics that are listening, uh, the one thing that pisses me off and that will completely turn me off to a comic and that's just like my biggest fucking pet peeve is whether it be an open mic or a showcase or anytime I see a comic on stage and they fuck around and like they wait like they just like bullshitting on stage like at a, I don't give a fuck if it's an open mic and it's late and there's four people there and it's just you like you waited that whole time to get up there and just like bullshit mm. and like you know, and, and like, you're, not only did you just waste my time, whether it's three minutes or five minutes, but like, you're like wasting your life, bro. Like, like you don't have shit else going on to where they can come. Like, there are people who like are serious about this, you yeah. know, and are like sacrificing lives, you know what I mean? Like, family situation, you know, jobs to be out and like be at this like open mic or to do this show, or you get the opportunity to do a show and you like, you don't give a fuck about it. And it's like, that is like the one thing. Like, if you do Laugh Factory's open mic and you go up and you just like fuck around, yeah. like, don't look far to why you aren't getting anywhere in the Laugh Factory. Or like, yeah. if I book you for a show and you fuck around, like, and you're not up there fucking doing your goddamn job, like, yeah. don't look far as to why you're not gonna get booked again. Like, yeah. and if you ask, like, I'm gonna tell you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and, you know, it could be your personality where you give up easy or whatever the case may be, but there's nothing that pisses me off more. When you, when when you say fucked around, like, like what, do you, what do you mean? Like, like uh, they're just, like, not even, like, just telling jokes. They're just, no, they're not telling jokes. They're just bull- bullshitting around with the crowd. Like, it's like, you, you know it when you see it. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, like hey, like, what's, uh, where are you guys from? Yeah, 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 yeah like, like, you know, it's like midnight or something. You know? I was yeah. like, fuck this. I'm just going to go up. And I'm just like, looking like, you literally, like, I could have given anyone else that stage time. Mm. I could have put anybody else up there besides you right now like you're literally like not only just like spitting in the face of like comics who would much who would rather be up there than anywhere else yeah and would seize that opportunity and would make that crowd laugh you know what i mean like and even at an open mic where it's just like yeah it's not like high stakes you know it's not you know it's 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 a volunteer effort you know what i mean like it's free you know you're not getting paid you know but that's what comics are using to get better you know it's like someone's at like the gym and they're just like the treadmill's running and they just got their legs spread on it and they're not even moving they're just like they're just sitting there but like they're not even watching tv they're just like staring blankly or they're just like sitting at the weight bench and like texting you know uh, what I'm it, it, it's the worst man especially like we only have a couple deadlift platforms at my gym and i'm like i get super mad whenever like somebody's there with their girlfriend and they're like just bullshit around, around. And, yeah it's like get I, the fuck out the yeah, way yeah, yeah. You know i mean like i'm trying to make some gains like, you know, you know? like it, it, it's it, you know it's similar to that but only it's like you're you're lifting ways to become a professional bodybuilder you yeah. know what i'm saying and this motherfucker is just there yep. because he has nothing else better to do you know what i mean that's like, why i don't like um Lottery mic, a uh, lottery uh, open mics because like it met, it lets the the like the people who are being frivolous about comedy, like the people who always complain in the comedy Chicago pages about like you know like we need to have more lottery mics. I'm like dude, like like I'm in law school. I I I, I was writing freelance like uh for a long time where all, like all my time and yeah I still came to mics like. 
three hours early to do my stuff or whatever it took. And there's oh, there's different tiers of mics. So like you can oh, you can't make the seven o'clock one after work. Yeah, well, there's an eight o'clock one. There's a yeah. ten o'clock one. This is Chicago. Yeah, and like. To, to me, like, it, it, it's bothersome whenever I see that. And even if someone's trying to be, like, this is a city where people are coming here. This is like a comedy college. People are coming here. Yeah, to I call it the minor leagues of comedy. Yeah, yeah. You get called up to a coast. It's the yeah. Thing. I'm trying to create, I mean, between Brian and myself, you know, we're trying to create a big league that, you know, I, it's it's a work in progress. Like, it's Chicago. You know yeah. what I mean? Chicago should be a place where you can live. Like, Oprah did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, why can't this be a place where you you plant your roots and you and you get it, you know? And yeah. the industry comes here to us, you know? So, you know, we're definitely trying to, like, build that. But, like, going back to, you know, like, people who are, like, fucking around and shit, like, another thing I, lo- I, I try to do is, like, recognize the that, like, that extra mile that people go, you're talking about standing in line, like the lottery thing, like, I don't know. I think, I think, you know, it goes the same way with like that PC culture where like everyone wants to be like coddled in a certain way. It's yeah. like, no, there should be more fucking like It is what it is. Like if you can, if you can't fucking get with the program and, 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 and show up to a mic and do this, like if you go to a mic, you don't get picked, you get bumped. Oh, okay. Yep. And you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like work to a place where you're bumping motherfucker. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, so that's just the way comedy is. Like, there are comics who have grown to a level of success that they can walk in anywhere and bump them. But guess what? They came from a place where they were the ones who got bumped. Like, exactly. Those are just the bumps and bruises you take. Shit ain't supposed to be easy in nope. comedy. It ain't supposed to be fun. It ain't supposed to be safe. Exactly. Like, like fucking safe space in comedy. Like, no. no, you're not supposed to get physically harassed. You're not yeah. supposed to like. But it but it's not supposed. You're not supposed to feel comfortable. No. Like that's the whole point. Is that's life. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, exactly. So you know, like we create. A safe environment at Laugh Factory as far as like you aren't going to come in and feel threatened. You know what I'm saying? But like I'm not creating an environment where you go on stage and you're just feeling love. No. no. That's the lion's den. You want to go down there and fight the lion? Do it. Exactly. You know like because not everybody can do it and not everybody can like come out of it. So yeah. if that's what you want to do it's going to be the same environment as like any other real world scenario. And know? any other realm where there's success. There is going to be competition. There's going to be fierceness. And there, that is reason why it's lauded after. It's reason why it means anything. Like one of the things, like, dude, like, I, like so people always, like complain about like like booking or whatever to me. And I'm like, I, like really, I don't get it. Because like the way I look at booking is like, I've had months where I've gotten booked a lot. And months where I didn't get booked at all. It does, it, it, dude, this is a cycle. Focus on the skill. And then I was like, oh, like whenever I realized social media was like a huge part of like stand up. And that I built up my YouTube channel. I built up my podcast. I built up my Twitter. Because I was just like, oh, like I need to focus yeah. on, on these other things. It's not just one thing. But it's a game. Stop, like everyone... Like, everyone complains about stuff, but they don't look at how to fix it. Every problem you have is fixable. The thing is, the problems you have are sustained by a value you hold. Like, a lot of people I see stuck in the scene, and I've gone past them. They were, they were here before me, but they're alcoholics. Not trying to be a dick. They're just alcoholics, and they, that is holding them back. Right and, and and they can't see it and the, what what makes you pass one level isn't gonna make you pass the other. Mm-hmm. So like I when I was doing the streak for like the whole year, halfway through I realized, well, hey man, going up every day isn't gonna solve it. But I'd already committed to myself. But I, I like like past a certain point, going to mics, going three four times a night, that's not what you need. What you need is what Drew you're saying Drew Michael does. Like just sit yeah, there, you, right? You perfect right. the craft. Yeah. yeah, you perfect the craft. And I mean, and you know it's. Yeah, it, it's it's not gonna come easy. No, and you know there's a there's a couple comics. What was it Wednesday? I was like leaving Laugh Factory. I was like pulling out some money or some shit, and it was probably like, I don't know, like five o'clock. Our mics at six. There were four people that were sitting outside 
and I know exactly who they are. And I looked at that, like, you know, I walked across the street and I looked and I was like, you know what? Like, in the same way, like, when I was building the Tuesday show, like, I want to recognize that. You know, like, I want to recognize the people who are, well, hey, like, there's 15 slots. I want to make sure I'm one of them. Yep. For next week. You know what I mean? Like, and then I'm going to hang out and watch this week's show just to be in the environment. Yeah. And the, the thing that's real interesting was there is someone who posted a thing about or they're like am I like the only comic that hasn't performed at Laugh Factory and you know everyone was like nope me too nope me too you know it's like a bunch of shit and I just put in there I was like hey Curtis at LaughFactory.com like send me a clip like yeah. the thing is like you have to be around like no one's gonna just like I, I don't I, I still don't get why people think that like they're supposed to be sought after you know what I yep. mean like you go to the job that you want to apply for. You send in a resume to the job. You get, and then you get to a point to where jobs are reaching out to you. Exactly. You get a, you get a headhunter. You know what I mean? So you got to build you know, value you yourself. You see yeah. comics that like I've never seen before, and I'm at Lapacker every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I know everyone who comes in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like even if it's on like I know your face, don't know your name, yeah. don't know your name, don't know your face, like. I see everyone. I'm like, I've never seen you there. So, yeah. like, let's start there. Like, yep. don't get better about it. And, like, for Facebook likes, like, yeah. let's address it. Like, why is it that you seem to be, like, that you feel you're not, you know, you're the only comic that hasn't performed, you know, yeah. Life Factory or anywhere for that matter. Like, you show up. Exactly. And <laughs> it's just funny. I saw them there that night because that's what everyone said. You know, yeah. they're, like, they're like, yeah, they're like, because there's a lot of comics commenting. Yeah. And a few comics that are, like, regulars that moved or whatever, like, a lot of the people that I see commenting on here, I've never seen at Laugh Factory. Like, exactly. like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, like, it's even for me, like, the reason I didn't go to Laugh Factory for long is because I knew I didn't want you to see me. I knew you had the list or whatever. I had heard about it or whatever. Like, you take notes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not a... First impressions are important in comedy. Like, you know, and, and, and like, whether or not you want to shake them, you can grow a lot. And I knew I was still, like, finding myself. And so, like, there, that, was, like a biz, that was like a business decision of, like, I'm going to work on the crap before I expose myself. Yeah, and, and I've, I've recognized that. And I just want to say, for the record, for everyone who is listening, to this podcast like don't 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 be afraid of that because i because what i take what i appreciate almost like the most out of what i do is watching someone go from like nothing to something uh, you know what i mean yeah. like i like it's i take the most joy like that's mm. the most joy i get out of it is seeing someone like you know Drew michael's bad example because he kind of like did come out i mean he was he wasn't good you know but like watching that like progress, like watching that shit, then remembering when it wasn't good. You yeah, know what I mean? like remember was like, damn, I remember like you used to consistently eat a bowl of turds <laughs> on stage, you know, like, and now you like your your riffing is gold, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, so so that is, it's it's something that I personally take. And if somebody gets up and they're just like god awful and they bomb, I definitely you're not on like a band list and you're not on like some sort of you know what I mean? Like it just it is what it is, yeah. especially when it's at the open mic, like. I I know the circumstance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know it's a mic with twelve uninterested comics who are probably kind of vaguely writing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, writing their own shit, not giving laughs because they for whatever reason. And then the ones that are giving laughs are getting it because they are giving it because they want laughs back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you have that. So like I definitely read the room. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So like but it's good to because you can see the potential. Even in a bomb. You can tell, like, ah, that was a good premise. It just didn't work. For, yeah. You know, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's out there. Like, and 
there are people who pick up on it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so I try to keep an open mind as much as possible to that. Um, but I get it. I know why. Yeah. I, I know there's comics that I don't see. And I know why. Like, at least, you know, at least the ones who just don't, like, hate Laugh Factory for some fucking reason. Like, I mean, ain't dead shit malicious to nobody. You know? yeah. like, we're a club that, you know, opens its doors at a certain point in time, puts comics on stage, brings a crowd in, shuts down. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we're not out to, like, fuck anybody over or, you know, take advantage of anything. So, you know, I, I know personally deep in my heart that's that, you know, Brian and I care a lot about fucking comedy. And we care a lot about the comics and we care a lot about the scene. So, like... You know, I, I try to do things, you know, by the book and as fair as possible and, you know, try to help when I can, you know what I'm saying? And and good things come out of that when you lead a positive life. Like, I've already fucked around and did shit throughout my life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like that time is over anyway. So it's like, like, why not, like, really focus on creating something that could, like, be historic, you know, and something that could just, like be transcendent you know and you know fucking years down the line decades down the line people can talk about like laugh factory you know like man like they were doing this you know at the you know at a certain point in time for like comedy and you know all these greats you know were coming out of there and going to the coast and getting huge and yeah like, you know i want to be a part of that i want to be i want the laugh factory and i, I want to be a part of that story you know that 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 is currently being written because mm. that's how our lives are. Yep. We live in history. The things that we do will 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 help shape the way that the people after us like see society, you know, and, yeah. and see it and like as insignificant as, you know, we may think we are, we're a lot greater than that, you know. We are a very small speck on the spectrum but together you know we were a huge blot you know yeah so that's you know it's just it's funny when i hear people say like i hate laugh actor it's like why motherfucker like yeah why do you hate laugh you know what i mean like this is the dumbest shit i've ever fucking heard you know like i have beefs with other comedy clubs but i fucking don't hate them it's just it's competition and i get it yeah you know and and you know, although I think there's enough for everybody, you know what I'm saying? There's enough people in Chicago that could fill our club up every night and wouldn't take away from the next. So exactly. it's like, why not? We're all out here trying to get it. Like, I don't need any of your customers. There are plenty of other ones out here that exactly. like comedy. We just got to find them, you know, like we can do this shit together too. So, you know, I always take that sense of it. Like I can see if there's like 500 people in Chicago and then we see 350s, any seats, 100 some, comedy bar seats, whatever, you know, and, and we are all fighting for this 500, but no, there's like over a million, you know yeah. what I'm saying, over fucking million people here, you mean tell me like, you can't have your, you know, 200, I can't have my 300, you know, so. Well, it's not, it's not looking at it in a zero-sum game, and, and like, it's kind of like that, like, tit for tat, there's only so much, that scarcity thinking that I think holds people back in almost everything, yeah. right? And I, I, I even see with comics mindsets, like, a lot of people who I've seen grow in the scene, like the MLKs and all that stuff, is like, they, they, they don't look at opportunity like it's scarce. And a lot of the people I see stuck look at it like it's like a super scarce resource and everything like that and it's like dude you gotta be in collaborative frame I think one of the great things is like whenever you get around a group of people who are genuinely happy for your success like mm-hmm. in Aristotle's like friend of the good like hey you know your success is my success and I think you need that in, in something like stand up because it can it can so easily get very competitive yeah. and you have to actively at some points act against it because it's like somebody else's success doesn't steal from you yeah. you know and I, and I think that that's at, like at, at its core stand up has a lot to do with self image 
and, absolutely. And, and, you know, and how we view ourselves. And a lot of times mm-hmm. we view, our, view ourselves relative to other people, but it's like, dude, you don't have to, dude. You beat out 500 million sperm to be here. You know, you're the work, like, you've come through this two billion years of evolution. You exist. You already won, man. You're yeah. in America? Like, like, fuck yeah. Yeah, seriously. And, you know, it's, there, there is no scarcity. I think what it is, is, is that fear of losing out to blank, you know, mm-hmm. whether that be a person, a business, you know, like it's that first, second, third place. Everyone wants to be first place. You yeah. know? And, and you're only looking at it like that. You're not looking at it like there's enough for everybody. You know, it's like either I win or I lose. Yep. And that's it. It's a good thing. And sometimes it can be detrimental, you know, to people because you know, the more you get yourself wrapped up into that, you know, I'm an ultra competitive guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm of that mindset. Like, and, and I'm self-admitted. I'm learning to have the there's enough for everyone perspective because, you know, I was just, I was in athletics. So it was like, either you win the game or you lose the game. Yeah. Like, there's no moral victories, you know yeah. what I'm saying, and loss. So I take everything kind of at that face value and I kind of see myself, you know, from the outside looking in and it's I, you know, sometimes I don't like what I see, you know, I'm like, all right, like, I should probably, like, reel it back, you know? Yeah. But it is that drive that keeps me, you know, working long hours and, you know, staying late, going through emails and, you know, you know, writing up marketing, you know, sponsorship proposals for places so we can be advertised and different, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that constant drive to, like, kind of push us forward and above, you know, like, the, the rest, but also not, like... You know, like, do I think Laugh Factory is the best comedy club in Chicago? Hands down, without a shadow of a doubt. Do I, like, carry myself like that and, like, think that we're the shit? No. Like, I just think at this point in time, like, we're just, we're doing uh, so much and we're trying to do so much that I just personally feel that way, you know? And I want us to remain that way. But I also respect CYSK and Chuck and Stand Up Stand Up and Camp and, you know, and these shows that, you know, are building that credibility in Chicago and, 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 and the comedy bar and zanies that are making Chicago and keeping Chicago relevant and keeping Chicago at the top you yeah. know, when it comes to comedy. So it's like, you have to have a healthy respect. You know, you have to have that. But at the end of the day, like, I'm not bowing down for anybody. You no, know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you know, I was given this opportunity by someone who changed comedy and who believes in me you mm-hmm. know like and is allowing me to run a multi-million dollar club you fucking see yeah. like so you know at the end of the day like i that the the day that i took over there's we have shows seven nights a week you know what i mean like oftentimes two to three shows a night we have outside produced shows we're working together yeah, you know what exactly. i'm saying like yeah. and the thing about it is, you know, sometimes, you know, I work with, you know, with comics or people who are producing shows and they, like, want this, like, special attention. I'm like, I'm treating everybody the same. Yep. Like, you don't understand, like, when, like, there's a show, we have a show this Sunday, like, that show is, like, logged, banked in my mind. I'm thinking about the next show. You know exactly. What I'm, I'm thinking about May. I'm thinking about June. I'm thinking about July. I'm thinking about, you know, like, because I've already prepared for this, like, three months ago, you know? Exactly. So you have to stay ahead of the, you have to stay ahead of the curve. And, and you know, <laughs> and it's funny because sometimes I hear people talk to like, yeah, man, like, it's so hard having, like, a weekly show, you know, and doing this. I'm like, man, like, I have to see a therapist about this shit, you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm fucking, like, it's, a, it's an everyday <laughs> pressure, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not, ain't a fucking game, you know? Like, I have, like, livelihoods and, and, and staff, you know? Brian and I have this, like, 
you know, we hold, you know, we have a responsibility to a lot of fucking people. Yeah. And, you know, we can't care, we can't take it for granted. And, you know, I think the moment that we do and that we're complacent and that we're comfortable, Joe Rogan has a thing about being, like, comfortable. No, you should never be comfortable. No. You should never be comfortable. And whatever you have, if you're comfortable, you should probably change what you're doing. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because then, like, what do you have to, like, live for? Like, what do you have to, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, why, like, I always sit down with a fucking thumbtack on my, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, like, have that, just like, oh, you know, where. Pain lets you know like, where you're alive. Like, exactly. dude, have you ever, like, gotten hurt somewhere and you're like, oh, shit. I, like, when you work out in the gym, you are aware of this invisible suit that you're yeah. wearing. It's like a fucking body thing. And, I, like, mm-hmm. I just thought about, like, it, it, it just hit me. You you have, like, 21 shows a week. Like, like that blows, that, <laughs> like, like yeah, like, you know. But even another thing is, is, like, a lot of people don't understand this, and this goes back to the beginning of our conversation, is, is like, you and Laugh Factory might be a big deal in their lives, but in terms of numbers and quantity, they're not a big deal necessarily in your life. Because, like, you know, we're running, this, this show on Sunday is one of the big, like, like huge, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're putting out, that's just business as usual for you. And, like, whenever people are asking for, like, a special attention or anything like that, they're not understanding that. You know, it's not understanding, like, hey, like, you know, we don't, it's not mirrored. You know, it's kind of like with your teacher, like, your teacher is more important to you than you are to them. Like, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're one of 26 students, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, you treat them like kids, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're all, you know, you, you, you treat them all fairly and equal, um, you know. Yep. Even when there are shows that are not as popular, maybe don't have as much potential per se, um, or just isn't, you know, getting off, you know, how it, how it should. But that's not to say that it's never happened. Like, I saw sh- there's been shows that have always been, like, super poorly attended, and then just, like, hit that curve, you know? Yep. And then are popping now, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you always want to kind of stick it out and, 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 and at least, like, rock to the wheels fall off. Like, you know, if, if I'm going to put my credibility and like my you know blessing behind something like i owe it to the show to the producer you know to the comics to have their back all the way through it you know what i'm saying like until proven otherwise you know what i mean like so you know there are shows that people will probably say that i've like you know stuck out too long you know or gave too much chance to or you know even like comics and employees you know that we gave too much, you know, it's like, ah, it should have been over a long time ago. It's like, well, you know, I would hope you would want that same, you know, benefit the doubt and respect until, like, you prove that you can't, you know, you don't earn it or you don't deserve it, you know, so, like, yeah, it, it, when you have that many, <laughs> when you have that many shows, it's like, every day is a constant pressure to yeah. fucking sell, you know what I mean? So, like, like distress, it's like a weird numbness, you know, because you're just, like, in it. Like, I've, I would say I felt, like, butterfly in the stomach nervous like kind of coming like my first month you know when i was like really kind of in the office like all right here we go like you get to put the shows on the website yeah. and market them and you know do you know these different things and like then like once those shows ended i was already thinking about the next show so it it you know sometimes it is hard to really like like, you know, like care but like have this like super deep emotional investment that changes from show to show, like depending on my relationship, I, you kind of have to train yourself to think about it like very even keel. Yeah. And just like kind of everything is equally as important as the next because at least that way you're showing equal attention or you're just showing attention at all. Because exactly. like if you show too much attention at one, something else is going to get neglected. Exactly. Like, and, I, and, I had, and I had done that for a while 
and that was something that I noticed and I had to change, you know, exactly. because I was, you know, there's shows that I really like or a comic, you know, that I was like closer with. So I just happened to pay more attention to the show or, you know, put in more. And then, you know, other shows were suffering because of it. And that's not fair. No. So, you know, you, you have to train yourself to kind of have that like sustained emotional investment, even though, you know, you may feel particularly stronger about one yeah, or less, you know, about the other. So, you know, it, it is interesting, you know, when you're dealing with that, you know, when we bring on a lot of new shows that we just open seven days a week, we're like six before. So now it's just like, bang, you yeah. know, like, and, and I'm like navigating. So I'm as well as a GM at Laugh Factory, uh, with Brian, uh, Brian Morton, shout out Brian Morton. I love you. 91 likes and counting baby. <laughs> um, I am the marketing director at a, at a nonprofit mm-hmm. and I've been involved with this nonprofit open books for six years as a volunteer, kind of like worked my way up, was on the associate board and they offered me an executive position. So like now I, and I just think this is like a weird fucking I'm a sociopath because I want to have two full-time jobs and like that makes me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, having that, like I said, it's like an even, and I love both of these things equally. So when they was offering me the one job, I was thinking about, damn, like, do I stay like in yeah. that factory? Like, how do I do this? And I like, I couldn't leave. Like, I was like, I, I could do this. Like, yeah. fucking thirty one. Like, yeah. if, this is like my peak. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, if I could, if it, there's any point in time in my life that I could be doing this, it is literally right now. Yeah, and I thank the Lord that you know he, he blessed me to be in this position. You know, and 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 I've and I've been able to work and and improve myself to to even like earn it, but. You st- I still have to have that very even kill, like, I don't care about one more than the other, I, you know, think about them the same, and just, like, split the, yeah. split my emotional investment in half, and it works, and I mean, there's gonna be a certain point in time, especially, like, when, if I'm dating, you know, yeah. like, girl, I gotta show someone more love than the others, and I know who will have to win in that, um, which, stay tuned to find out which one. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just one of those things where, you know, and I think with careers of comics, like, you know, you're flexing two things, you know, like yeah. you have, you have, you know, your pursuit of law yeah. and you have your pursuit of comedy and you, I'm sure one requires more time, yeah. but as far as like comedy, emotional <laughs> investment, you have to, you have to split up, you know, yeah. you have to be able to dedicate as much, you know, mental and physical and emotional, you know, uh, time to each as you would know, because one yeah. will suffer. Exactly. Well, it's down. The thing is, is like, so there's, in Kung Fu, there's a, there's a fighting stance called the Praying Mantis, and it's um, about hitting pressure points at the right time. Like, mm-hmm. it's about doing the right thing at the right time. And that's what I do. With law school, I, I, I am thoroughly emotionally invested in comedy, but when finals comes around, my emotional investment slips over to the finals because there are moments that matter more than others. Mm-hmm. Our Laugh Factory show on Sunday, that matters a lot. So we're like, we're messaging people, we're standing out barking, we're making invite, yeah. event. Right? Young Hustle Show, Laugh Factory Chicago, 7 o'clock this yeah. Sunday, March 12th. Get your tickets. Use uh, Hustle promo code. Yeah, tickets. Ah, fucking just coming free. Say you listen to this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, yeah. you get it free. Yeah, I'm yeah always free. marketing. It, it, always marketing. It's, it's, yeah, travel. travel back in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. yeah, use it for the next show. You know, it's uh, second Sundays of the month. <laughs> yeah, but um, it, it, travel back in time. <laughs> it, it, but I, I made a firm commitment. Like, um, I was talking to a girl yesterday, and she's like, uh, "So when do you see yourself like dating?" And I always, I'm not getting in a relationship with someone until I'm 30, because that that's the one thing I've noticed consistently of comics that I have admired in the scene who were way ahead of me 
got in relationships, felt loved and validated, and then all of a sudden, because like you, you can't, you, you, you literally, you have to be emotionally invested. And like, so like, yeah, it comes at a cost. And what you, you have to do, either you have to be very hyper aware of the cost and what's happening, and you have to be very like. I was dating a girl from Barcelona before it started, and like there was like it was like really great. And then I was like, man, I kind of like spending time with her more than going. And I was like, nah, man, because yeah. I don't want to get, I don't want to get a PhD in her. I want to yeah. be, I want to be funny. And so you, there's things you have to say no to. And I think it's that being selective, being aware, and it's really cool that you, you're able to see that with your get that awareness out of yourself it's like oh I, I'm, I'm taking the feelings I have for this person or this comic individually and removing, applying it for their yeah, show yeah you have to yeah, yeah and the thing the hardest part is actually removing that personal um, investment because I mean I'll be honest like there has been comics that I've booked that I don't personally like you know what I mean yeah. like I just don't think you know and, it, it, and it's at there it's because they are good for the show you know yep. I'm thinking about the club and not my own personal there's comics that I book that I don't think are funny me just me as an individual don't get it don't see it but I know everybody else does yep. you know what I mean like and it's a hard thing to do like it's it's not like you really got to check your you really got to kind of check your your, your your ego you got to check you know what I mean you have that at the door and, and and allow yourself to 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 do something that you don't necessarily feel comfortable doing, and and it's only for the better, it's for the best of the club, it's for the best of the customers, the the audience, you know, that are there, to allow them to enjoy it because they get it, and you know, and it's and it's happened a lot, but it's definitely happened. Yeah, and it's like those moments like that where you're like, all right, I, I guess I'm like growing up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like interesting. It goes back to like you play a role, and yeah. you, and and, which, and one of the things is like the more you commit to a role, the less you can play other roles. Like I, one of the things I I did because like I want to be a stand comedian more than I want to be a lawyer. Like like and I I made that decision on Yom Kippur, the Jewish holiday. I was like fasting, and I'm like yo, I don't want because like at the time um I, I basically had a job offer from the Marine Corps JAG thing, and I was like oh you know all this other stuff, and I was gonna do my physical um, fitness evaluation, and then all this other stuff, and um and my parents were like yeah you know lawyer from Marine Corps that'd be great. The guy doesn't get back to me, and then I do this 24-hour fast. I'm like, you know, I want to be a comic. But I was like, okay, if I want to be a comic, I'm going to do everything someone who wants to be a famous stand-up comedian do. Every, like, just go out every night, do this, write, take these classes, whatever. And I committed to that character, and it made my value set easier. When, you, when you're thinking from a booker perspective, you're like, all right, well, even though I don't feel their comedy, I'm not booking for my personal show. I'm booking for audiences. I, I am playing my role well, yeah. you know? Oh, I have to create this. And, like, it, I think a lot of times when people mess up in life, they don't realize life is a big game of pretend, and you got to pick your role. This whole be yourself thing. Be yourself when you're at home. When you're in society, you're playing a role. Even when you're on stage, like, there's a lot of rhetoric like, oh, I just want to be me up there. You have four minutes. There's no way you can be you. There's no, you have ten minutes. You have to basically engineer yourself to show a, si- a side of yourself that's funny as quickly as possible. Especially if you're writing, if you're doing material that you wrote four years ago. That's not, that's, that was you then. Yeah. So you're playing a role. Exactly. A role. Also, when it comes to that book of people I don't like, like, who gives a fuck who I don't like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what I feel, like, my personal thing doesn't even matter. Yeah. And you really have to kind of check your ego at the door with that. It's like, who the fuck am I? Like, yeah. okay, like, I don't particularly like them. And so what? Like, or I don't particularly think they're funny. And so what? I'm a motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not the comedy fucking, you know, godfather. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I am a gatekeeper. And, like, that that's my job. I, 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 that you you got to accept that. Yep. You know what I mean? Like. My job is I can book people, I can put people on shows, I can keep people off shows, you know? So, like, that is a weird, like, very interesting, like, kind of power thing, you know? And 
I've seen people who take that power and don't use it right. And those cautionary tales, I, I keep at the forefront of my mind than anything. Because, like, I don't ever want people to, to be like, yeah, dude, like that motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he took it, he took advantage of it, you know, yeah. or, you know, or whatever. Because that fucking, that's just ugly to see. Yeah. And, like, it's almost like, like, I am not a fucking, like, the comics are the stars, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I should never, ever feel that I'm the fucking the center of, you know, anything. Like, I run the club. Like, if I get any sort of, you know, like, credit, I at least want people to just say, hey, you put on good shows. Like, I'm not, I'm not up there telling the jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's not me that's doing it. It's, it's, it's the people that I'm, that I am allowed, you know, to put up, you know, that I'm lucky enough to, to have on the stage. So, like, you, know, you got to humble yourself and, you know, like, every now and again, like, you know, we get to fill ourselves, you know, yeah. like, if it was, like, a Saturday night sold-out show, things are going well, yeah, I'm yeah. happy. Like, yeah. I'm fucking, like, yeah, like, we did this shit, you know? Yeah. Like, I was a part of it, you know? Like, I got to fucking chip in, you know, and, and make the shit happen, but, you know, it's definitely seeing, like, the bookers and the club runners that, like, that that definitely have that chip you know what i mean or that feel themselves too much it's like it's not you no it's not you like i'll let the comics be as fucking egotistical braggadocious whatever it is they want to do as long as they perform yeah as long as they fucking back that shit up on stage i can give a shit about like how you conduct yourself you can be a fucking prick you can be fucking you know what i mean yeah like just like this you know pretentious asshole or whatever but if that translates to laughter and people enjoying themselves while you're on stage, then, like, I can accept most of it. I may personally not like it or, you know, so my advice is, hey, if you're going to be, if you're going to be that guy or be that girl, like, back that shit up. Like, yeah. There's nothing worse back than somebody that. who is, like, has this persona, whether it be on social media or just even in real life. Yeah. And then you see them out there eating shit on stage, like... I see so many motherfuckers that post on Facebook that stay on Facebook, posting on, like, I'm like, write a fucking joke. Right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who are you going to be a political science major or a comic? You yep. know what I mean? Like, you're going to be like a fucking uh, a social justice warrior or a fucking comic. Like, if you're dedicated half the time that you spend writing these long six paragraph Facebook posts, like, that should be a set list. That should be yeah. a, like, if I'm seeing six paragraphs, it should better be a fucking set. Exactly. I want to see a set written out on Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I just thought about that the other day. I was just like, man, if they dedicated it in half the time, they do. So back that shit up. <laughs> that, yeah. That's where we're going to leave this podcast on. Curtis, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, man. Laugh Actor Chicago. Uh, for all the comics out there, man, come through. Um, it's half price for comics with drinks. So, like, you could lie. Yeah. <laughs> you can get, you know, get to know our bartenders, Joe and JJ. And um, it's always free to enter if you're a comic. Just come check out the club, man. If you've never been there before, you know, we're really trying to do something special. And, 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 our, and you're our purpose. Like, we're here to showcase local comics. Like, we're not headlining LA motherfuckers that are coming in. Like, they don't set any precedent for us. So, you know, like, just come see it, you know, yeah. at bare minimum. And, uh, yeah, we have shows seven days a week now. Um, like I said, I do Open Books. It's a literacy nonprofit. Um, if you want to know more about getting involved with that, you can go to open-books.org. We have a bunch of literacy programs that we do with, like, CPS youth and things like that. So, yeah, if you want to get on board with volunteering, are you trying to get some time on stage? And just hit me up. Uh, 
Curtis Shaw flag on Facebook. I think I haven't reached a maximum of friend requests yet. I'm still out there friending as many people as I can. Okay. <laughs> Trying to get them likes up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like my posts, you know, retweet my shit. No. <laughs> no, hey, man, it's real about those, those likes and retweets, man. Especially yeah. on Twitter, man. Those things mean more to me than anything. Like, if I, like, I recently I got, like, a, I got, like, 60 likes on a tweet. I'm like, man, I'm into this shit, man. Right. Like, you know? I'm petty as fuck, dude. If you like my tweet and you don't retweet it, that shit, I don't know why it irks me. Oh, oh. I see people, I'm like, dude, a like on Twitter goes nowhere. Nobody cares about them likes. Like, on Facebook, it's different. Like, yeah. a share and a retweet are, are different like when it comes like Facebook and Twitter because like Twitter it goes way really fast and yeah. Facebook it kind of like sits there and and it's funny because like, I, like I'll post for a show or something on Laugh yeah. Factory and then a comic may just like like it and yeah. not retweet it I'm like the fuck like Man, who are you? I have the complete opposite. I hate when people retweet it but don't like it. See, I like whenever people Interesting. It, it, people scroll down my thing and just see like, oh man, mad love. And I like my own tweets, right? So it's just like, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you gotta start somewhere, man. But hey, <laughs> guys, like, follow, share, subscribe, check out the YouTube channel, and then follow me on Twitter because I need it. And you know, um, Godspeed and good night, you guys. Thanks, Curtis. Yeah, hey, absolutely, brother. Man. Thank you.